Hi, this is Blaze Allison Kearsley for the How I Learn series with another How I Learn series podcast episode. Um, This week's story is from Andy Ross. He is a comedian and a writer and a storyteller, and um, he's also the host of Real Characters, which is a really great series um, that takes place in Soho once a month. And here he is telling a story about his dad, which is such a good story and so well told. Um, It's from the May 15th edition of How I Learned, which took place at Union Hall, and the theme was How I Learned to Be a Grown-Up Allegedly. Here is Andy Ross. Hey, everybody. Okay, so my dad's, uh, <laughs> my dad's first job uh, was uh, working the assembly line at a factory that's, that made uh, bowling pins. Worked third shift there. And then after college, he joined the Navy. And after that, he paid his way through law school by um, being a telephone lineman. And he told me a story that uh, Doberman Pinscher was circling the bottom of the telephone pole waiting for him to come down uh, one day. And so he tapped into the line and called for a pizza to be delivered. <laughs> and when the guy showed up, the Doberman went after the pizza delivery guy, and my dad <laughs> snuck down the pole and got in his truck and drove away. Uh, <laughs> after law school, he was hired by a very prestigious law firm in Philadelphia where he thought he was going to do like big, important things, but they had him be the guy that interviewed the summer associates to come in. And his job was to check their last name against the Philadelphia who's who list. And if they had the right name and the right number of Roman initials after their name, their salary was doubled. And that's true. And he hated that. So he and my mom moved to southwestern Wisconsin where he joined a law firm called Kittleson Berry. Uh, Finley Berry was very milk toast. I have almost no memories of him. Uh, Rodney Kittleson was uh, this old guy who had been an FBI agent under Hoover, like directly under Hoover, and he would chew cigars. He wouldn't smoke cigars. He would just he would just chew one all day, all the way down <laughs> to its butt. And I remember whenever he would laugh, his tongue was black. It was <laughs> so gross, you guys. <laughs> it was so gross. And Kittleson uh, would buy a new Cadillac every year, and he would park by sense of touch. Uh, that, was just n- that was just known about him throughout town. Like, if you saw his Cadillac coming, look out. And my dad, uh, it was a town of 10,000 people, so he was a small-town lawyer, and uh, that involved him just, like, holding both hands through a divorce or, you know, convincing a DUI to, you know, take the plea bargain. Because in southern Wisconsin, you were driving, you were probably drunk. (laughs) (laughs) And he'd do a will every now and again. and after school, in grade school, I would walk over to his, uh, to his office, and I would sit and listen to him give dictation. And he would wear slippers under his desk. He would take off his fancy shoes and 
wear a pair of slippers, and I always liked that. Um, but I had never seen him argue a case in court. I had never seen that. It was very rare for him to argue a case, let alone for me to see it, until one day when I was in sixth grade, uh, my dad woke me up, and he said that I was going to get to skip school and come to the courthouse, which was incredibly rare that I would even get to skip school. Like, I could be in mid-vomit on the way to school, and my parents would make me go to school. That happened a lot because I learned how to make myself vomit because I didn't like school. Uh, it was Catholic school. We had mean nuns. I thought, you know, if I'm throwing up, anyway. So this was, like, very special that I got to go to court. Um, but he thought that I would like this case in particular because it was about the storage and transportation of whey. <laughs> so for you city folk, uh, <laughs> whey is the liquid byproduct of the cheese-making process. You know, you separate out the curds and the whey, like Miss Tuffet. Hmm? Uh, you press the curds and then the leftover... Uh, like watery milk. It's like it's like quadruple skim milk. It's just there's nothing you can do with it, except um, except you can you can dry it into whey protein to sell at GNC to dumb people. <laughs> um, you you can put it into Snickers bars, or you can spread it on a field as very cheap fertilizer, which is what my dad's client had done. Um, he was a very poor farmer. He was growing alfalfa. And uh, he couldn't afford the tanker truck, like the nice steel brand new tanker truck to bring the way from the factory to his farm. So he had gone to the city auction and bought a very old uh, water tanker from the fire department. Like, like very old, like you would see in like old parades and stuff. And he would go to the factory and he would drive back through these maze of um, McMansion subdivisions towards his farm. Uh, that's that's what farming is now, is that you're on the other side of McMansions because uh, all farmers are very uh, land-rich and cash-poor and can't make it work out. And so finally, they all sell out, and that becomes a big place where every house looks the same and they all have disgusting beige siding on three sides and brick on one, which is super gross, you guys. <laughs> uh... Like, faux columns, gross. Um, so he would drive through these uh, subdivisions, and the problem was that the tanker was so old that it would leak way on the road between the factory and his farm, which was fine uh, six months out of the year, but the other six months, the sun would bake the way on the pavement, which created a smell somewhere between feet and a corpse's feet. And, and for, like, years, the McMansion people complained and complained to the county, and there was, like, nothing they could do. It's just way. It's just way. Until finally a new county prosecutor comes in, and he figures out that he is going to charge this farmer with the illegal storage and transport of a noxious chemical without a license. Adorable. Super <laughs> adorable that they're going to charge him with that. So clever, county prosecutor. Here's the problem. Uh, that is corporate law. That is a law that's put on the books meant to keep um, giant corporations from dumping ammonia into the water supply or you know, crashing 
a, a, a chlorine truck into a, into a school. That is not <laughs> for small farmers because it carries an automatic fine of over a million dollars. And like I said, this guy was just, just scraping by um, and it would just, it would not just ruin his farm, it would ruin like everything about his family. So my dad took the case and he brought me in and I'm sitting in the back of the, of the courthouse um, and I watch as the prosecutor lays out his case. He does a great job. He, uh, he shows like pictures of the truck. It's very dilapidated. Clearly this truck should not be on the road. He interviews the McMansion people. Their barbecues have been ruined. <laughs> um, and my dad is sitting there just nodding and he taught, he um, cro hears on cross. He's like, oh, that must have been so bad. I love my barbecues. I can't imagine if one smelled like feet. That's awful. <laughs> so the prosecution rests its case, and it's my dad's turn. And he reaches into his briefcase, and he pulls out a thermos and 12 Dixie cups. And he passes out the Dixie cups to all the members of the jury, and he pours out ice-cold whey into each one. Very important that it is ice cold. And each of the jury members like smells it. And I swear I saw a guy with a big bushy white mustache take a little sip. <laughs> and my dad says, members of the jury, is that a noxious chemical? Five minutes of deliberation and they found the farmer not guilty. About five years ago, I got married and I moved to New York and immediately my dad died. He had um, pneumonia that he didn't tell me about. And it was, and death is so blunt and stupid. And at his funeral, his law partner came up and told a story and he said, that just like that farmer, there were lots, there were lots of people in my hometown who needed help and couldn't afford it, but were too proud to take charity. And so my dad would always say, well, every month, just write a check for what you can afford. And to this day, there are old farmers in John Deere caps and overalls who walk into Kittleson, Barry, Ross, Wellington, and Thompson and write a check out for $5. My dad didn't just teach me how to be a man, he showed me how to be a good man. And I work on that. Thank you. Man, how good was that story? I'm telling you, if you weren't weepy by the end of it, you're a little bit dead inside. I love that story. Um, so thanks for listening to it. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. 
And um, thanks to Andy Ross, thanks to Union Hall, thanks to Lyra Smith who produced this podcast episode. And um, the music in this episode is by Capybara. And you can check us out online at howilearnseries.com for information about upcoming shows and for more podcasts. You can also subscribe to the podcast in iTunes because we are very sophisticated like that. And that's it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. So I'll lay my back in